Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Hey mamas, guess what? We are down to the final two episodes of season three of Home. Yes. Can you believe it? I have loved it. I have loved Home and I can't believe, you know, I feel like it's flown by and we could camp out on this for forever, but I also love transitioning into new topics. So (laughs) we said, hey, we love our home, but let's move on to something else. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we have had such a fun time talking about all things home, and I think it's really spurred some discussion. I had no idea we would talk about some of the things we talked about when Agreed. we started this season. Yeah. So I think God really did a work and brought some things to light that needed to be discussed. But I'm like you. I'm pretty excited about a transition. Yes, I know. We get so excited when we start talking about new things, and we can't wait to tell you all all the things coming up this summer. So let's give a little sneak peek. So our last two episodes, guys, we're going to finish in the home in... The bedrooms of our tween and teens. Yes. You might remember that earlier in our season, we talked about children's bedrooms, but we're going to take a little step up and move to our tween and teen bedrooms. And the really cool thing about this is that it is actually transitioning us into our summer study. Uh So this summer, Kate and I are going to be doing a study all about the transitions that our tweens and teens go through as they grow. And we're going to be offering this here locally in the Dallas area, but also on our podcast. And we're going to tell you more information about that at the end of the episode. So stay tuned. But what the idea is that all of our kids are in this transition, right? They're moving from one stage (laughs) to another. Uh Always, right? They're Uh babies. It's from like laying to rolling. Right. And from milk to rice cereal. Right. And from walking to, oh no, no, uh, standing to walking? Yeah. Pulling up? Pulling up. Pulling up to walking? To standing, to walking, to running, to Oh, and then to the the scary word no, uh-huh. and I start to tell you no. Yes, and you're like, oh my beautiful angel baby. Uh huh. And mine. Where did you learn that word? Yeah, that ugly word, mine. Yeah. And then they move into school, and they start learning new things, and they start getting involved in activities, and then they hit that preteen stage that we call tween. Yeah. And all the hormones are raging and all the things are happening. And then they move into the teen stage. And so what I'm going to talk about today is teen rooms. Um, And I thought it was kind of fun to think about as our teenagers kind of develop. And I'm just going to use my kid as an example, right? Because that's my experience, Um, especially with his room, like his toys are gone. Yes. You know, and so we've been transitioning him into a different kind of more grown up room. And we found a couple stuffed animals. Uh Uh-huh. And it was like, I didn't want to let them go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I have this attachment to them that I can't let him not have them anymore. Yeah. He's like, Mom, I don't need those anymore. And I'm like, no. <laughs> it's Jaguar. Oh, We Jaguar. have to keep Jaguar. Oh, yeah. Okay, here's what's funny is sometimes my son does listen to our podcast, so. Oh, he, he does? May, <laughs> he may be offended that I shared that. The other thing that I think they transition in is their clothing. Yeah. Um. So it's so funny for me when I see boys, like, um, 
children, elementary school boys, they wear these bright psychedelic neon colors, uh-huh. right? Everything is like matching shorts and shirt. Uh-huh. And when my son got into high school, he made the soccer team and they have like clothes they sell, which side note mamas, it's all about them making money. Okay. They uh-huh. just want you to buy all the things, but of course you buy all the things because uh-huh. you're excited and that's all he wears now. Okay. Black, white, orange. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's all we got. Uh-huh. So anytime we we try to break out into a blue, uh-uh, nope, no, that's all we got. They're just wearing these same old colors over and over. But it's not just their clothes and their room. It's also their minds, their worries, uh-huh. their struggles, um, things that I think as parents we can't fix as yeah. easily. You yeah. know, it's a bigger issue than just, I can't find this, help me. Or um, I forgot to turn my homework in. You know, some of those things when they're early on in, in children's stage elementary, we can fix those pretty easy. Yeah. But it gets a lot harder as they get older. Um, I do think that the teen room is a little scary. Uh, yeah. There are things in there that um, get dropped under the bed. Uh-huh. Found six months later <laughs> with organisms growing in yeah. them. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's disgusting. Very gross. I will say, side note, we did upgrade my son to a full bed from a twin. Which my husband, it's so funny the things that dads and moms think differently about. My husband felt like a bad parent because my son, my teenage son, was sleeping in a twin bed. Uh huh. And so we moved him to the full bed. It was like, he was like, oh, I'm such a good dad. <laughs> I gave my son a better bed. I don't know why. It's like this thing that he, he just feels so much better about our child sleeping on a better mattress. That is so interesting. So I slept in a, tween, in a twin bed all the way through high school. Did you? Yeah, I didn't have a full bed. I had a day bed, and so I had a, a twin bed all the way through, and I never thought a single thing of it. Do you think it's a difference between girls and guys? Do I mean, you think, maybe. Like, and, boys are bigger? Well, and Jake's, I mean, he's not a small kid. No. Like, he's a big guy. Right. So he probably needs a bigger bed. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, I just, and maybe it is boys and girls, but I never thought a single thing about it. Well, it has made the biggest difference in our home because apparently our children are sleeping on better mattresses that are more supportive for their bodies. That's fun. But when we moved his bed, of course, when you pull the bed out, Uh you have no idea what's been hiding under there. Yeah. And one of the most satisfying things for me as a mom is when I vacuum Uh all those little bits up and you can hear them in the vacuum cleaner. Yes. Yeah. And it's like... This sense of accomplishment that uh-huh. I have cleaned the floor. <laughs> That's so good about it. Yeah. Do you feel good about vacuuming? Oh, I love vacuuming. And, you know, especially when you do pull something back like that and you go, okay, now I'm getting, you know, I don't know. There's like this, like, I don't, this real calm in my soul. When I know, like, under the couch is clean even and under the beds are clean. It's just real good for Kate. Listen, the way you clean under the couch is that little um, robo-vacuum. Yeah. That thing goes everywhere. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. <gasps> It can go under his bed now. Yes. Before, yeah. he had drawers under his bed, so it couldn't go under it. Okay, yeah. this is a big step. Yeah, the only problem with that is, because that happens in my son's room, but the robo-vacuum will get stuck on a sock. <gasps> yes. You know, or a cheese-it bag. Or because, a mask. Okay, because those are the things <laughs> under their beds. Yes. And so they get stuck. And then here you are crawling under there trying to find that thing. Yeah. Where'd he go? Where'd yeah. the robo-vacuum go? Then you're like, dadgum. You know, this was supposed to be running, and here it is, stuck on his stinky sock. Okay, but I'm pretty excited about it getting under the bed, because that's a good thing. Yeah. 
So we moved him to a bigger bed. We've moved some things around. I want to hit on two things today as we talk about the teenage room. One practical, let's talk about how to make our kids' rooms work for them. Okay. I think it's important as our kids grow to have a space that they can handle. Yeah. And that makes their lives easier. Yes. Because I do think, we talked about this with our children's bedrooms, that sometimes we put too many things in their room for them to actually keep clean. So we're asking them to do something that's not even humanly possible. Agree. I think that with teenagers too, the way that you can decrease the battles you have with them is to make sure that you're not giving them more than they can handle at that time. Yes. And then the second thing I want to talk about is just some parenting transitions that I think as our kids grow really make a difference in how we parent them. So first, let's talk about some practical stuff and let's consider their stuff in their room. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about their bed. You said you slept in a twin bed your whole life and it didn't matter. Yeah. But my son has moved up to a full bed, and it's really like he won the lottery. Yeah. I mean, he thinks he's in, like, king size, uh-huh. which nobody knows what the king size is till you get to be an adult. I'm sorry. Yeah. That comes with age and experience. That's right. And finances. you got to buy that thing yourself. It's expensive. Yeah. Well, and our, I mean, in my house, my kids' rooms just are not that big. So sticking a king size bed in there, I mean, I don't even know. <laughs> it take the whole room. <laughs> you know, it, it just not even work. Yeah. But the thing that I, that we also did is we transitioned his bedding. To kind of a more grown-up bedding. Yeah. And I do, again, think I have to give, depending on your child, something they can handle. Yes. Okay, so don't give them a 1,000 throw pillows and 14 comforter duvets and all the blankets if you want that kid to make that bed every day. That's right. They're not going to do it. No, they're not. It has to be very simple. So he has a quilt. Okay. That's it. Well, that's great. Pull that thing up and pull it down. Yeah. And we talked about this on our last episode, or maybe it was two episodes ago, about sheets. Uh-huh. I'm teaching my children to sleep under sheets. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and we still, you know, it, he just, we don't. Like, the kids, and they go through transitions where they like different things. You know, they like a, they like to use their actual bedding, or they like to use their soft blanket. So, listen, shout out to whoever came up with those. Is it fleece? Is that what they are? Those those blankets uh, yes. that everybody adores? Yeah, whatever that is. It's like a, yeah, I guess, is it fleece? I think every kid the in softy, my house has one. Yeah. Yes, it's their thing. Yeah. Okay, second thing is their desk. So, I think it's important for a teenager to have a desk in their room. Yes. Um, one thing that he does is he has so much more homework. He uh-huh. needs a space where he can feel like he can spread out and have all his stuff. So, we did get him a desk. And this is what I want to encourage you mamas to do because I think this is this is an area where I get frustrated. I get so frustrated when he's working on things and he's constantly coming out going, Mom, I need some scissors. Mom, mm-hmm. do you have a Sharpie? Mom, where are the rulers? Mom, I need some paper. And I think you're just, you're like, you're bugged, right? Sure. Because they keep messing with you. So stock your kid's desk. Yeah. Give them all those things that even us as adults like to have when we're doing our work. Right. And make it their own. Yeah. You know, not something that like you're going to come borrow from them without asking, but say, hey, here's your very own Sharpie. Here's your very own scissors. Right. So that they feel like when they sit down to do projects and work, they have all the things they need for it. That's great. And I love the desk. So, you know, our son just turned 13 um, a few months ago. So we redid his room. That was his birthday present to kind of have this teen room. And it was for him having a desk in his room was like the thing. He wanted a desk. It was very meaningful to him. You know, when he envisioned his new room, he had a desk in there. And so he loves having that desk. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you're going to hit on this, but one thing is he has a monitor in there um, so that he can do his schoolwork 
at in his room. But then at night, because he connects his laptop to that. So at night, he turns in his laptop and his phone and things like that. Because that's a rule in our home. We don't keep tech in our room during the night. Yes, you know? yes. And that's something that I think is super important. But that's a whole... It's a whole other episode. It's a whole other episode. Yeah. So moms, we are going to cover that in our summer study. Yeah. So we want you to join us for that summer study because that's where we're going to cover all things tech. Because I do think there is so much that goes into them having computers and phones and even just um, AirPods and things that they listen to music with because yeah. all of that can become a distraction. Exactly. So that's such a good word. Um, the other thing I think is great for them to have, and this is where I really see that transition from tween to teen, is how they display their memories. Yeah. Because I think we are so big on the trophies and the certificates. You know, every time they're finishing a grade, they're getting a certificate for something. Yeah. Well, guess what? In high school, that changes. And there's not as many awards that come with it because it's more competitive. Sure. And so one of the things I wanted him to have was a place where he could really showcase the things he's proud of. Yeah. Because I think it's really important for our teenagers to feel like they've accomplished things. So in my son's room, he has a bulletin board. No, it is not the prettiest thing. No, it's not my cup of tea. Uh I would not love that anywhere else in my house. But for him, it's just a great way for him to get to hang up some memories that are important to him. Yeah. And also to have some memories from the growing up days. I think it's important for them to be able to look back and remember, okay, I really was good at that at one time. Yeah. It's just more competitive now that I'm older. Yeah. You know, and that's something that's so interesting with your boy, because um, with Lydia, my middle child, this that's something that she has naturally gravitated toward. Like, you know, she's only 10, but I think even just in the last few years, she'll say, hey, can I get some pictures to hang on my walls? You know, and she wants, she initiated that, having these things hanging on her walls. That is not something that Caleb has ever initiated. And so, you know, that is something interesting, I think, about as a, a mom of a boy of putting those things up on his wall so he remembers who he is, where he's been. There's there's something so comforting about that history and, you know, that, that identity that you find in those things. Oh, and that's such a big deal at this stage when they're trying to figure out who they are. Uh-huh. And they really are feeling pressure from all these different groups and people because they're trying to fit in. They're making new friends. They're yeah. in um, environments that are more challenging. And you do kind of start to doubt well, I was good at that in sixth grade, but am I still good at that? Yeah. Or I was first in my class in that in middle school, but am I still first in my class? Sure. Like really, I have seen just this huge jump in the idea of success and achievement and being one of the top. Wow. And if that's not the way that God gifted you, helping him figure out, okay, that's okay. Uh We're going to find other areas that you're good at. Yeah. So that's really a big deal. Wow. That's so interesting. Well, yeah. And then, you know, our kids here go to big high schools. Like, uh, you know, I went to a big high school like that. And that was something that I had to navigate of just being, you know, where is my place here? Because, Man, with there being so many kids, there are just a few that are going to get the varsity position. Exactly. There's just a few that are going to be on student government. There are just a few, you know what I mean? Yes. That are going to be first chair. And so how do I find my place and just really That's love totally a song. being in that place? Find my place in this world. <laughs> that is a my song. My place <laughs> in this world. Isn't that like Stephen Curtis Chapman or something? Yes, and listen. Okay, Rabbit Trail. Have you guys seen that movie on Netflix, A Week Away? 
No, a week away. No, I've heard about the Christian Camp thing. Oh my gosh, we watched it last night as a family. It's all Stephen Curtis Chapman, Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith. <laughs> Greg and I are belting it from the couch. The kids are like, what is happening right now? It's that the greatest great. movie. Okay. Moms, this, it's clean. Okay. It's funny. It's just as enjoyable for the kid as the adult. Okay. It's called A Week Away. Go watch it. Okay, good. We've been meaning to. That's fun. But that's funny because I totally am singing that song (laughs) in my head. (laughs) My place in this world. But it is is hard navigating that. So I like kind of having those markers of, you know, this is where you've been. This is who you are. And we'll just keep adding to this collage of these things God's making you to be. Okay, last encouragement for me to you teen moms is a school prep zone. Okay. Okay, so here's, we had a little incident in my house this morning. (laughs) So there are some moments in your teenager's life that become very dramatic, very quick. Uh Uh-huh. And as a parent, we're not always ready for them. One of them is right before they leave for school. Yeah. And there's this moment of panic. Do I have everything I need? Yeah. And one of the things that we're trying to do is teach our kids responsibility. So we may not have done the whole, let's get our backpack together the night before. Right. Do you have everything you need? And so this morning we had a little panic moment where we didn't have everything we needed. Dad was in the car, had a meeting, needed to get out real quick. And it it comes to a head. And I, as a mom, am frustrated Uh because my child has not prepared themselves. Yeah. And my child is frustrated because to them it's the biggest deal. Yeah. Right? If they don't have this thing for the whole day, it could ruin their whole day. Right. And what happens is you have a tiff and you send them out the door and it hasn't been resolved. Yes. And so just before we started this episode, my son texted me and he was like, Mom, I'm sorry Uh for how this morning went. Thank you, and I love you. Yes. And I was able to text back and say, I'm so proud of you. It's okay. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Let it go today. Yeah. But that's what happens with our teenagers. There are moments that are so important to them that we just don't get. Sure. Right? Because to us, I can let that go. I can go, you know what? I'll get it tomorrow. It's fine. But to them, it's a really big deal. And so one of the things we can do is help them have that school prep zone. Okay. Yeah. Where you're encouraging them to put everything they need for the next day in this one place. Yes. So in the morning when you're in the rush, uh-huh. you're you're not searching the house or the room or the closet, but it's all in one place. Love it. And it's just a really practical way for you to help your teenager feel prepared for the day and not have those those argument moments right before they walk out the door. I love that. So that's so funny that you say that because I think Caleb has done that all on his own. He has this like um, saucer chair in his room. And so that's where he puts his backpack, his mask, his um, ID. Oh, the ID. How many times have I driven the ID to yes. that high school this year? Yes. And so it's all right there. Yes. And so that when he gets dressed in the morning, you know, he could just grab his backpack. All those things are right there. And so, no, that's fantastic. Um, gosh, I'm just so thankful. I, I don't think all my kids will be that way. Caleb happens to be yes. very organized and on top of things. And so it'll be a good thing for me to remember for maybe the girls as they come along and they yes. start having those morning freakouts that we have it all in one place. Well, and I do think sometimes as a parent, I, you know, I get easily frustrated when they forget stuff because I'm like, oh my gosh, how did you not remember that? Right. Y'all, I forget stuff all the time. All the time. I have so much grace for myself. Yes. And so little grace for my children. Yes. Oh my gosh. All the time. I can't tell you the number of times that I have gotten in the car, driven down the road, and had to turn back. Yes. (laughs) 
And the, the thing is, I can turn back. I can. But they can't. Right. They're stuck at the school. Right. So we do need to have grace for those. They're learning. They're growing. Yeah. And that leads me into the second thing I want to talk about today. And it's this transition in responsibility. Okay. This transition in our parenting where we have these children that are becoming adults before our eyes. And they really have hit a new stage of life where there's a lot more on them. Yes. They're responsible for a lot more things. And as parents, we're trying to give them more responsibility. because we know the finish line is coming and they're going to be out on their own soon and have to do it for themselves. The stakes are higher. Yes. So, so often um, as children and tweens, we can fix what's broken. Yeah. We can call the teacher. We can go take it to the school if it's forgotten. Uh We can um, sit down with them and walk through the steps of how to make it better. But what happens is when they become older is that falls on their shoulders. Yeah. And you're going to start to hear as they get into high school that the teachers don't want to talk to you anymore. Nope. They want to talk to the kid. Yeah. And if they forget to turn it in or they don't do the assignment correctly, there's no redo. Yeah. Um, You know, it's more of a collegiate atmosphere where, look, you should have known or you should have read the syllabus or you should have thought through this. Yeah. And so the stakes are higher for our kids. The stakes are higher for their friendships and for their relationships Yes. because it's not just an easy fix if you hurt my feelings, you know, but it could mean a break in a relationship. Right. Or a break in a friend group or right. That could, that could change a lot of things and it feels a lot heavier. Yeah. Relationships with guys and girls, uh-huh. broken hearts, um, things where it's even, and I'll just, this is just kind of funny, but as parents, you become friends with your parent, with your kids, friends, relationship. Sure. Of course. And then what happens if they break up? I know. Can and we then still it, be friends? Yes. And then it's awkward and tough. Oh my and gosh. You guys kind of may experience a breakup too. Yes. Yeah. So there's so much more that happens. The stakes are so much higher. And so I want to encourage you to remember to be that safety net. Yeah. Yes. I can't fix it, but I can still catch my kid. I can still catch my kid and remind them that they are okay, that this is not the end of the world, that we're going to get through this, that God's grace covers it. I still want to be that safety net for my kid, but I do want to help them walk with confidence into this next stage of life. Yes, fantastic. So speaking of our kids, our our teen's room, one of the things that I've been trying to figure out is what to put over his bed. Yeah. I don't know why that's such a big deal. Like what goes over your bed? It is. I think it is a big deal because it feels like it sets the stage a little bit for what you're about, what this room is about. When we did Caleb's, I mean, I, I had him sit in here with me and pick the art. Yes. You know, because I wanted him to feel like he had a say in it. I just think it's so funny how, as a mom, sometimes I'm trying to do stuff for them that they're like, Mom, I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) No, he, you know, it was interesting because we kind of got down to a couple of things. He was like, I really like this. But then he said, you have really good taste. So whatever you pick will be fine. Yes. I've heard my kids say that too. And I feel this like pressure to get it right. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, this is not the end of the world. We can always change that baby out. Okay. We can always change it. But, you know, that is so interesting because that was something I hemmed and hawed over a lot. Yeah. So I really want, because um, thinking through my son's personality, thinking through what I believe about him that God has for him, Uh I want to cast vision for his life. And so um, I have not talked to him about this, so we have not hung anything over the bed. But I found this word in scripture that I absolutely love. Okay. It's the Greek word for disciple. Yes. It's methetes. Okay. Um, And it means a learner, Uh a disciple, a pupil. And I love the idea that he is a disciple. Yeah. That he is forming his own path. Mm-hmm. 
based on what he believes, and then it's creating his lifestyle for him. And what this word methetes means, it's the mental effort needed to think through something properly. A learner, a disciple, a follower of Christ who learns the doctrines of Scripture and the lifestyle they require. Someone with proper instruction from the Bible and the necessary follow-through. Wow. Isn't that deep? Very good. Oh, gosh. Don't we want that to be true of of all of our children. <laughs> yes, and us and too. Us, yeah. You know, when you think in the Bible about um, Jesus' disciples, they were probably teenage boys. Yeah. Teenage, young 20s. Yeah. You know, these guys that were trying to figure out what their life was going to be all about. Mm-hmm. And when I think about my teenage son, I think about I want him to be a disciple, a learner. Uh-huh. I want him to always be growing and finding new things about who he is and who God's made him to be yeah. that become part of his lifestyle. Yeah. Because one of the things that we need to remember as our children grow and become this teenage young adult stage is that they are no longer just doing what we tell them. Yeah. It's becoming whether or not they believe it too. Yeah, the ownership part. Right. And it's all about a relationship. I think, you know, when our kids are little, it's really easy for us to tell them, do this, do that. When they ask why, you know, the the common mom phrase, I don't have to tell you why, just do it because I said so. But there comes a day when you really want your teenagers to understand the why. Because when they go off to college and I'm not with them every second of the day and I can't be there to say, no, 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 don't do that. They have to know what that right answer is based on who they are and what they believe. Yes. And so without them having this understanding, this learning, this desire to know the why behind the do, then they might just end up following the law and one day deciding it's not worth it. Well, sis, and don't we know that that is what happens over and over? I mean, we've watched it as we served in youth ministry. I think that's what propelled us so much to do some of the things that we did is because we wanted students who launched out of our ministries to go into college and own what they believe because... When they get to a new place and it's tested and other people are not what they believe, believing what they believe, what is going to hold them to? What is going to be what keeps it firm in their own hearts? They have to have ownership over those things and believe it for themselves, not just because it's what their parents taught them. And, you know, I think it's so interesting that we put that into our children because we want them to be those kind of people so that when they go to college and then when they join a church, you know, one of the things that my husband would hear all the time when, when people wanted to hear, when, when people wanted to join our church is they would say, he would say, well, how did you come to know Jesus? And they would say, well, my parents always believed. And we want our children to have a relationship with God that is their own, that is personal, that where they meet with God on their own, where they are tethered to him on their own, not just by our connection with the father. Oh, it's so true. And I think it's something that any mom out there would say, yes, that's what I want for my kid. But so often we get consumed with all the other stuff. Sure. Did you turn in your homework? Did you do your chores? Don't disrespect me. And so we sometimes leave those big things to the end, and then we run out of time. Yeah. And we're sending them off into the world, and we're thinking, oh, I didn't do that. We didn't talk about that. And so not only would that be a reminder for him that it's he's a disciple, but it's a reminder for me too. Yes. I have a disciple in my home. Yeah. And he's not a robot. Yeah. And he's not just mine. He's God's. Yeah. And I want him to see God, his father, as the one that's leading him also, not just because mom and dad said. Yes. So there's two things that I think we can do in our parenting. And I'm going to give you two words. Spur instead of sear. It's, it's kind of an interesting spur instead of spear. Sear. 
Sear. Sear. Okay, so tell me what that means. Okay, so what do you think of when you think of a spur? I think of like cowboy boots. <gasps> yes, cowboy boots. Yeah. Okay, so a spur is the device that goes over the heel of a boot. Yeah. It's got a little spike on it. Right. And a cowboy uses it when they're riding a horse, and they kick their heels against the back of the hind of the horse, yeah. and it makes him go forward. Right. It spurs him forward. Yeah. Hence the name spur. Yeah. Um, do you know what a seer is? No. Spell it. What do you? I don't know what you're saying. Not seer like a magical magician wizard. <laughs> That's what I thought you were saying. Seer, C-E-R, S-E-A-R. Oh, like to sear something. Yes. Okay. Like okay. a steak on the grill. Yeah, like a brand or yes. something. Okay. Or like a brand. Uh-huh. Also a cowboy turn. Okay. They would sear into the cattle the brand of the ranch. Okay, right. So they knew whose animal was whose. Exactly. So the interesting thing about searing is that it creates injury. Okay. It's painful. Sure. It's a brand. Yeah. But when a cowboy spurs a horse, it's not injuring the horse. It's just giving them that little nudge to keep going, to move forward. Uh Uh-huh. And here's what happens, and this is personal for me, is that so often I err on the side of searing my children. Okay. And when they disobey or they don't meet my expectations, I am injuring them with my words. Okay. And I'm coming down so hard on them, and I'm leaving imprints in them of things that I didn't mean to say or didn't intend to create in that moment. Kind of like when you have a little tiff before someone goes to school. Uh-huh. And you say something that you're like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. Uh-huh. Instead of when they do something wrong or they disappoint me, I want to spur them on. Okay. I want to say, you know what? We're going to get back up and keep going. Uh-huh. Because part of my role as a mom is to help you pick up and move forward. Yeah. And as a teenager, we have to remember that what we're doing is cr- we're creating a relationship with our with our children that they will want to come back to one day. Mm. When my kids are 21, 25, 32, 41, uh-huh. I want them to come home. Yes. I want them to come back to me because they see me as someone that spurred them on in life and did not sear into them a brand of something that in that one moment I thought they were. Wow. I want them to be encouraged by my relationship with them and to feel like my biggest cheerleader was my mom. Yeah. And my biggest supporter was my dad. Uh And my biggest safety net was my family. Uh And part of the way that we do that is the way that we um, handle them in those moments when it doesn't go the way it's supposed to. Yes. And listen, I'm the biggest at fault here. I'm the one that God has done the greatest work in from where I started in parenting to where I am today. I still make mistakes where in a moment I get so angry and frustrated that I err on the side of searing. Sure. I say something that I shouldn't and then I leave them with a thought that will stay with them for hours. Yeah. Versus me going, you know what? We can't fix this right now, but guess what? I don't care. I love you. And we're going to deal with it later. Yeah. And send them out the door for a day of school where they can feel like I can tackle anything that comes at me today because my mom is behind me. Especially for those kids who are already beating themselves up enough. Yes. You know, that we are sensitive to our children that, you know, probably in that moment, you know, Jake was already hard on himself. He was already having a hard enough time with himself. And so we don't need to pile on. Mm -mm. Um, that, that we would just say exactly what you just said. Hey, we're going to figure this out, Yes, you know, and yes. be on the team. I think that's a, that's a, um, term that we talk with our children about is, Hey, we are on your team. Yes. We want you to win. And so we are going to do whatever it takes to cheer you on, to give you resources, to help you, to coach you so that you win. Because we are on Team Caleb or Team Lydia or Team Caroline, right? Yes, exactly. And so we are just, we're going to rally and get around you so that you win. 
So the scripture that I found is from Hebrews, Hebrews 12, 11. It says, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Mm. And in the message version, it says this, at the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. Later, of course, it pays off big time, for it's the well-trained who find themselves mature in their relationship with God. Yeah. And really, I think that's what we're trying to help our teenagers do is mature. Yeah. Mature in life, mature in their faith, mature in their relationships, and they need us to guide them Uh and not to constantly say that they're not doing a good enough job or to find areas that they're messing up. But to, to use that as an opportunity to grow them and to mature them. Yeah. Because I believe that scripture that says, train up a child in the way he should go and he will not depart from it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean they're going to be perfect. But I do believe if I'm planting those seeds in his heart and his life as a disciple of Christ, that he will grow into the man that God desires him to be. Yeah. And for the mama who's listening, you know, that feels like, oh, I keep getting this wrong. Girl, you are not alone. Oh, No. <laughs> <laughs> and there is grace for you. There is grace for us. And we can ask, you know, our Heavenly Father to parent through us, to help us in those moments of when we need to be the spur and, and how we cheer on. And when there are those moments of correction and how far we go and how tough we are or where we hold back and let the Spirit lead in our parenting. So we want to encourage you that we are going to do a summer study all about these transitions, the tween and teen transition. We're going to offer it locally here in the Dallas area at Lake Point Church as a Wednesday night study. So if you're in the area, oh my goodness, we would love for you to come. We're going to put in the show notes how you register for that. But also, if you are part of our Patreon program, you're going to get access to all those studies as a bonus episode on the podcast. That's right. So we would love for you to join our Patreon. You can support us however much you can each month, but we want you to know that that is going such a long way in helping moms find and know about the podcast and grow as moms and in the relationship with God. So by joining the Patreon, you're going to get access to all those summer study lessons all about the tween teen transition. That's right. So you can go to patreon.com slash gather moms to subscribe. And at the $10 or $20 level, you will get that exclusive content emailed to you as we put it out each week and you will get the audio lesson and the written lesson so that you can follow along with us if you can't make it in person. And you can find all that in our show notes. We'll have all the links for that. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for hanging out with us in the uh, scary and sometimes dirty teenage room, but a place that I believe has so much potential as we really do see our kids growing into these amazing adults oh oh i don't like saying it on the way say it ain't so on the way we've got to get them ready to launch and that's what that room is for that's right all right moms we love you and we will see you next time bye-bye